Hello and welcome to the Modern Spirituality Show, where we explore a new generation of mystics, thought leaders, healers, spiritual teachers, innovators, artists, culture experts, visionaries, therapists, activists, and more. I'm Ben Decker, and I'm so grateful to be here with you on this journey. At the time of this recording, I've just celebrated my 35th birthday here in the midst of the Jewish High Holidays, a recent new moon in Libra, which comes with the seasonal change to autumn, if you're here in the Northern Hemisphere. And so there is a vortex of change, a vortex of transformation present with me now that I think will perfectly carry into today's show. Some of you are already aware of how I first became a teacher, a meditation teacher, energy worker, counselor, space holder, and author, but I get questions about this all the time. Yes, there are plenty of trainings you can take out there, but the most important thing you can do is make sure you are practicing. Practice meditation, practice prayer, practice introspection, practice breath work, practice embodiment and movement practices. Everyone's path is different, but the spiritual path always requires some form of important practice. So that's the deal. We've got to put it into practice. If you want to become any kind of teacher, any kind of healer, any kind of pastor or space holder or counselor, put it all into practice. That's actually why I always recommend the Open app. Uh, this app was founded by a friend of mine, Manoj Diaz, and um, it's the only meditation app that has meditation classes, breathwork classes, and movement classes. If you're new to these modalities and techniques, the open app is perfect for you because it makes it super easy to jump right in and try it all out. That's the key to this kind of work, jumping right in, embracing it. And if you're not new to these modalities, the open app is actually perfect for you as well. It makes advancing and de developing your practice convenient and deep. Not only is open an epic meditation, breathwork, and movement app, but it's also a physical location in Venice Beach, California, where I often enjoy taking group classes with my boyfriend, Sa. Um, because we're friends with the folks over at Open, we've got a special VIP discount for you here in the show notes. Um, I highly recommend trying it out. Try it out for that free 30 days and just check it out. Just experience it. Jump right in, like I was saying. Um, see how you feel about it. See how the experience um, affects your life. See how you feel about the different techniques and the modalities. Put those things into practice. Um, again, that's all in the show notes for you. My guest today is the living legend, Marianne Williamson. She's a best-selling author of over 13 books exploring higher consciousness and ways that universal spiritual principles can be applied to modern daily living, as well as collective social change. She ran for president in 2020 and was the first ever spiritual teacher to qualify to participate in the televised democratic debates, which despite not winning the primary election, many people said she won the debate, specifically the second debates. Um, she was recently in Los Angeles on a trip and I got the chance to see her a few times while she was here sharing her message. And I want to also share something really meaningful that, that Marianne wrote to me. Um, that wrote for me for my birthday. She said, a birthday is a new year. 35 feels to me like the first year of serious adulthood somehow. You've been through a lot and you've burned through a lot. I see great things ahead for you, Ben. 
This, as you can imagine, was a huge blessing to receive, and I know you'll be blessed by what Marianne brings in today's episode as well. Thank you for being here. Please welcome Marianne Williamson. I think a lot of the people who will listen to this, a lot of people who are my audience, your audience, they're uh, they're pretty hip to some of the metaphysical basics. And a lot of times we hear, especially in the discussion of the law of attraction, that we we don't want to think about the things that we don't want more of. We don't want to emphasize things that we don't want more of, right? Um, but I think it's interesting that you mentioned the 12 steps because that first step is actually the acknowledgement and recognition of the reality of the problem. In one of your books, A Course in Weight Loss, um, one of the exercises, one of the first exercises you have the reader do is stand naked in front of a mirror. And it's, the, it's bearing witness to the wreckage and I think that that's, that's what comes to mind when I am reading the news, when I'm witnessing what's going on. I'm not doing it because I'm trying to stay addicted to the intensity of it. It's not, uh, it's not that. I'm not doing it for any reason other than really remaining informed and therefore allowing that information to allow me to make wise and intelligent moves next. You can't surgically remove a tumor that you don't fully see, that you don't see the extent of. Um, so this idea of being willing, even though, yes, we're spiritual people, yes, there's there's this component of the law of attraction and attracting good things and manifesting something larger and something better and something beautiful, but not without fully witnessing and recognizing uh, that the house is burning down. Oh, one quote that I love, I often share from you, uh, it's not negative to yell fire if the house is indeed on fire. Well, this idea that you don't look at something because it's negative, and so if you look at it, it might expand, is such a misapplication of spiritual principle. Some things are made more negative because you don't look at them. Yes. Can you imagine going to your doctor and the doctor says, well, you have stage one cancer, but let's not look at it. Let's not focus on it because it might grow. No, you better focus on it so that it might not grow. That's like right. saying a little abuse in a marriage doesn't matter, you know, but it's just a little bit. Let's not focus on it. And that's, right. you know, I love how in the Course in Miracles it says, uh, I cannot take from you what you will not give to me. You have to bring the darkness to the light. The Course says you can't bring the light to the darkness. And that's where you get a lot of this faux spirituality. Nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. When in fact, we have to bring the darkness to the light. That's mm -hmm. also the difference between positive denial and negative denial. When you say, I'm not going to look at something because it's just too, it's, it's toxic. So let's not look at it and give it attention. That's negative denial. That's not transcendence. Mm -hmm. The doctor doesn't turn away from the wound. The doctor doesn't say, Oh, that looks icky. Your elbow, ew, all that blood. Let's, let's look at your knee instead. I mean, mm -hmm. we're here to be the healers. You can't heal. The wound you don't look at much as you were just saying. Now, there is also uh, the use of positive denial, and that's that you look straight at it and you deny its power over you. That's mm. when enough of us look at rising authoritarianism, uh, systemic racism, all the various things we have to worry about right now, look them straight in the eye and say, I deny your power. I deny you the ability to go one foot forward because we're here and we won't stand for it. Mm -hmm. That is power. Right. I love that. And another thing that you have said um, is you want to find your voice, you want to find your power, discover your power, use it on behalf of someone else. 
Exactly. There was something that also resonated that you said. You said, Jesus didn't come to earth to tell us to love ourselves. Uh, enough with this love yourself. Love yourself. Can you imagine? Can you? Jesus did that. Exactly. Love each <laughs> other. Just right. love yourself. Love yourself. Love yourself. You can't essentially love yourself without loving others because yourself is everyone. That's where you find yourself, through your realization that there is no um, separation between you and others. Now, some people yell, they call that codependency. That's not codependency. That's enlightenment. So there's something, uh, I want to take this sort of like metaphysical for one second. We've pretty much been taking a metaphysical since <laughs> the beginning of the podcast, but that's fine with me. Yeah. So the the idea, I mean, I think that the audience that the, that will hear this, the people who are within the sound of my voice now, and whenever they hear this, they're metaphysical practitioners to one extent or another. And the the law we hear about, the highest metaphysical law, so to speak, is the law that all is one that all is interconnected, uh, that when we're looking into the eyes of each other, we're looking into a mirror. Um, there's this great teaching uh, in the doctrine of avatars and the continuity of revelation that at, that at points throughout human history, at crucial crisis points, that there are people who incarnate like Christ, like Buddha, um, these divine children of God who manifest and embody within themselves these higher principles to sort of, to use your words, um, embody that mutation, that spiritual mutation necessary. Uh, the one great agreement that so many of the world traditions have is this notion of the coming one. Uh, for the Jewish tradition, it's the arrival of the Messiah. For Christians, it's the return of the Christ. Uh, for Buddhism, for Buddhists, it's the incarnation of the final Buddha, Maitreya. Uh, Hinduism, it's the Kalki avatar. We could go on. And um, from a metaphysical perspective, this law of oneness, it means something really interesting, especially as it's said in A Course in Miracles. Uh, he will return when he's witnessed. Yeah, that's what the Course in Miracles says, when he returns, and then it puts in parentheses, when he shall be perceived again. There we he go. never left. The Christ was created by God. God. The Course in Miracles says, whatever God creates cannot be uncreated. The Christ is in all of us. It is unseen, much as you just said. It is not born witness to. And mm -hmm. it is a collective um, experience. It is the realization on the part of all of us, or certainly enough of us, that as you said, when we look into the eyes of the other, we are mm -hmm. looking into a mirror. I mean, how can we talk about being more, you know, uh, compassionate and having more loving kindness, but then ignoring the homeless person down the street? I mean, that's really the whole point here is mm -hmm. that a spirituality that tries to take a pass on addressing the suffering of other sentient beings is a faux spirituality. And mm -hmm. you get a lot of that over the last few years once capitalism got its hands on it. And it became just another capitalist enterprise in too many cases where it was about, as you said earlier, making your own dreams come true. That's right. not, you know, Buddha didn't, Buddha, Muhammad, Moses, Jesus, none of them are just, you can make your dreams come true. I mean, that's like a right. TV show. That's not a, a deep religious or spiritual tradition. Right. That came from people who were, you know, 
Uh, well, no, it, that's not that's not what the spiritual journey is. It does so happen that your dreams do come true, but it's almost like your dreams coming true is the natural consequence of your inhabiting the space of the truth of who you are. The truth of who you are being that expanded love for all beings. Now, when we stand in that space of love for all be- human beings, make our decisions from that place. It's like yoga, finding the correct position. It's just like you find the correct position in the asanas in yoga. You find the correct position in your mind. Now, when you're doing yoga, it's good for your body. It actually promotes the health of the body because when you practice those positions, it actually stimulates the organs into their right functioning. Mm-hmm. When we're in the right attitude of, of love, then all aspects of ourself function in a way that promotes more abundance. It puts us in a place where we are more likely to attract opportunities, personal opportunities, professional opportunities, economic opportunities, psychological and emotional opportunities. There is a universe of perfection, whether you call it the mind of God or not, in which the happiness of all living things is already coded. Just, just as the acorn is already coded to become the oak tree, the embryo is coded to become, uh, the, the baby. We are in essence coded to become the highest embodiment of love. And within that place, that is our highest creativity, that is our highest productivity, and it is our highest probability for attracting everything that is abundant, loving, peaceful, and happy in, in our, in our experience. The problem we have and I think if there's any religion that we could lay this on the feet of, it would be Christianity. This mm-hmm. notion, this thought form that to serve God is personal sacrifice. You shouldn't be worrying about your own dreams. You should serve God and that, that it shouldn't matter that you were willing to sa- ask to sacrifice your personal dreams. What mm-hmm. the Course of Miracles and other religions would say is, no, when you serve God, that's serving love. That's when all your dreams come true. Mm-hmm. That there is no conflict mm-hmm. between serving God, that serving uh, between serving God and having the quote unquote life of your dreams. That that's right. the key to having the life of your dream. The word sacrifice is different than the word renunciation. Sacrifice is I give up my good. Renunciation mm-hmm. means I forego the lower in order to achieve the higher. Absolutely. So it might be that I don't get the temporary goods, but once I know how the universe metaphysically operates, when I quote unquote sacrifice the temporary prize, I really know it's no sacrifice. Yes. I actually know that the real sacrifice would be allowing my self will to guide me into thought or behavior that's going to give me only a temporary win but which is bound ultimately lead to complete undermining and sabotage of my good because it's not in alignment with the love of the universe. I love that. You know, there's something I wanted to read. Uh, There's a book called An American Covenant by Lucille Scott, and you're one of five women outlined and, um, and covered in this book who have merged to an extent, to diff- varying different extents and in different ways, spirituality and politics. And um, I want to read just part of what it says ab- about you in this one, because uh, it, it speaks to exactly what you're addressing now. Marianne helped usher in the mainstreaming of the new age. Women comprised roughly 70 per- 75% of this new market, and Marianne was emerging as its Warren Buffett. 
But unlike other top-selling self-help authors, Marianne Williamson did not just talk of higher consciousness and personal healing as vehicles to manifesting your dreams like a new Mercedes. She talked of higher consciousness and personal healing as vehicles to defeating the fear-based powers that be and transforming the world. So you were known, even from the beginning of your career, uh, to direct the inner healing, the personal healing, and the, and the, the personal spiritual work to the collective. You were always well, known for that. When my career began, this BS about make your own dreams come true hadn't even arrived yet. Mm, mm -hmm. That whole you can manifest your dreams thing hadn't even arrived yet. Like I said, that's what happened when capitalism got its got its hooks into this. That didn't even wasn't even there. And very early in my career, remember I started lecturing in 1983 in mm -hmm. Los Angeles, and by the mid 80s, AIDS had burst onto the scene. So in my career the serious issues of life and death and people who are suffering was front and center from the beginning. Nobody had any time for that ridiculous, absurd stuff about how can I get what I want. So I, I feel fortunate that that came a little bit later and I was like, you got to be kidding me. But the original mm -hmm. work, you know, when you look at myself, when you look at uh, who was there, uh, Deepak, uh, James Redfield, Gene Houston, Gary Zukov, even Neil Donald Walsh, but that was the original sort of generation of us that came in with the second wave. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, anytime you have the mainstreaming and the popularization of something, there's some good that comes with that. Don't right. get me wrong. And also the but corruption. There's also been a shadow side. And so this whole idea that you can make your dreams come true, that, that, that in the course in miracles is the distinction between magic and miracles. Right. So when you were talking about the vision board and, and all of that, so magic is when you say you use God as your errand boy. Mm -hmm. God, I want, I want this kind of apartment. I want it to be on the beach. I want, I think I want it to be in Santa Monica and I want to make this, I want this many zeros. I want to make between, I want a job that will bring me between 150 and 200,000 the first year. And I want a partner that looks like, and you get very specific. That's magic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That and by the way, I'm not even saying that it doesn't work to some extent, mm -hmm. but it's it's not the mount it's not the spiritual mountaintop. So let's not call it the spiritual mountaintop. The right. spiritual mountaintop is not the magical, but the miraculous. The miraculous is where you say, God, how can I serve you? Mm -hmm. How can I serve you? Love, how can I serve you? Now, this is what's so interesting. When you say, Love, how can I serve you? Love will also say. And while you're doing this, obviously, you'll need a great apartment to live in, <laughs> right? And obviously, it'll be good for you to have somebody with you. And obviously, you're going to have, have to have enough, you know, economic stuff around you so you won't be wasting your time on economic stress. The universe is set up to support you, but first, you support the universe, and then the universe will naturally bring to you, and you go, wow, it's good, much better than I got when I was just trying to determine everything I wanted in the realm of form. But the one thing that my father told me as a child that I don't think I agree with, he used to say, never pray for money. Mm -hmm. I, I, the Course in Miracles says, ask God for whatever you feel you need in the realm of form. So if you say, God, I, I owe $20,000 in student loans. I, I don't know what to do about this. There's nothing wrong with saying, Holy Spirit, help me. 
Right. But one of the ways that you are helped is that all of the obstacles to your ability to create wealth and to receive wealth are removed. Mm-hmm. So that's you know, the, what the prayer is for, because yeah. the universe is already set up to bring you the $20,000 if you need it. The Course in Miracles says God has an answer to every problem the moment the problem occurs. So mm-hmm. the prayer becomes, I need this money. Dear God, please remove whatever it is in me or in my environment that is blocking that money from coming into my wallet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. whatever my attitudes, maybe I, I'm not showing up well at the interviews. Maybe I'm not performing right. Or maybe there's somebody out there that doesn't like me, what, whatever, whatever those walls are. Right. I am because God works with you on the level of, of cause. Right. You know, that's something that reminds me of something that my mother taught me when I was little, I was uh, auditioning and uh, I had an audition for some TV show. And it was all very exciting and I really wanted it. And my mom said, well, pray about it. And I said, God doesn't care if I get this. And she was like, God cares about what you care about. She's right. Good mom. Yeah. Good mom. God cares that you care, you know? And, and I, and I didn't really know how to pray. And what she prayed for was that I would be confident. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's exactly what we were talking about here. Yeah. She didn't pray that I would get the gig. She mm-hmm. prayed that I would be confident, that I would feel good, that I would feel comfortable, mm-hmm. that I would remember the things that I had practiced yeah. and learned. Absolutely. That's mm-hmm. exactly. Good mothering there, Ben. Yeah. Good yeah, she, she did a great job. So um, anyway, Marianne, thank you so much for all of this. Uh, I feel like I could just sit here and do this for forever with you. You know, you have so much wonderful insight to share. As soon as I think I've got something clever to say, you you just take it to the next level. So you're, you're a wonderful person to, to exchange ideas with. Well, thank you. Thank you. And uh, like I said, we need to, uh, you and Sa and I are going to do a going to do a DC trip. I can feel that. Let's do that. Yeah. You know, I was, I was showing him a couple things, uh, about DC and showing him, you know, some of the ley lines and, and some of the symbolism in different things and everything. And he's thoroughly intrigued. Um, so we'd love to come do a metaphysical tour with you. ASAP. We'll do it. Yeah. Okay, done. Thank you so much. Much love. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Ben Decker, and I just have to thank you again for listening to the Modern Spirituality Podcast. For information on anything mentioned here, you can check out the show notes below. You can also get in touch with me via twitter.com slash bendecker, instagram.com slash Benjamin W. Decker, or email me at bendecker at modernspiritualitypodcast.com. It really does mean so much to me that you're here with me on the modern spirituality journey. I'm genuinely super excited about what I've got planned for these next few episodes. So really make sure to subscribe to the Modern Spirituality Podcast so you can get in on what I've got coming up. And if this is resonating for you, if anything here helped or inspired or entertained you at all, please, please do rate this podcast and leave me a review. It means so much more than you might realize. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you, and thank you again.